Hello and welcome to episode 154 of the Mark and Me podcast. As always, I'm your host Mark. Now joining me on today's episode are two guests. You've got the incredible actress Charlotte Kirk and the amazing return of one of my favourite film directors in the business, the one and only Neil Marshall. They're both here to talk about their latest film, The Reckoning, and I can't wait to delve deep and start talking all about horror and all the stuff that you'd expect from someone like Neil Marshall. And as this is the first time of Charlotte coming on the podcast, I can't wait to talk to her too. But that interview's coming up in just a few moments' time. You know the score by now. I always like to touch base and talk about my previous guest. And on the last episode, it was a return from one of my favourite guests of since I've started podcasting, the amazing Joey Kramer. He came on and talked all about the documentary Life After the Navigator. He talked a lot about depression, how to get out of being in a mindset that can be so negative and offered some incredible guidance and support for people that are listening. I've had so many emails and so many comments come in since I put this episode out and so many people have really been grateful for the support that Joey and the honesty that he gave on the podcast. So a huge thank you for everyone that's listened and tuned into that episode. But as I said, today's a whole new episode and this time we've got two guests, the actress Charlotte Kirk and the amazing director Neil Marshall. I think the best thing to do right now is to get straight to that interview. So here's me, Neil and Charlotte talking all about The Reckoning. So Neil and Charlotte, thanks for taking the time to join me on the Mark and Me podcast. Well, it's good to be back. Yes, and good to be here yes, <laughs> thank you, Charlotte, for obviously taking the time to now be the first time and hopefully it won't be the last and we'll get you back on as well. What I want to do is obviously I've spoken to Neil previously and we talked all about the descent and dog soldiers and horror and all the stuff that kind of got you to where you are now. But for the listeners out there today that are wanting to find out more about Charlotte as well, Charlotte, can you talk to me a little bit about how you fell in love with acting and how film became part of your world? You know what? I, I can't remember when it wasn't part of my world growing up uh um i always i hated school hated academic hated all the 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 classes maths english and everything else and the only class that i absolutely loved was drama class and i totally just loved it i was i think i was good at it i wasn't good at anything else (laughs) not academic at all and i yeah i just fell in love with it and you know, then, you know, I was told my parents that I wanted to, at the weekends, I wanted to do uh, drama school. So I was staying behind in school doing extra classes for drama and singing and acting. And then at weekends, uh, I went to two drama schools, Jigsaw and um, Italia Conti. And then after I finished school, I went to um, the Miskin Theatre. And then after that, I... I knew at a young age, I, I, someone told me, Charlotte, if you want to do acting, go to the US. You've got to go to the US. It's like, okay. So it was almost like I was just on this, this very focused, you know, train and I knew what I wanted to do and nothing was going to get in my way. And, you know, it was, it was tough. And, you know, I, I didn't know what, you know, how, how to go about it really. So, you know, I, I could have potentially stayed in the UK because a lot, just a few people told me that if, 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 film is something you wanted to do go to the US I think they were wrong because there was a lot shooting in the UK as well but it kind of made sense to me and I and um, that's what I did 
what was your family like as a support network? Because obviously if for any parent that child's turn around and says to them, I want to be a rock star. I want to be an actor. I want to be famous. Yeah. It's, it's not always the most reliable. And, you know, were they supportive? Were they behind you the whole way? Or were they kind of like, well, can you get a proper job first and then hope that acting pays off? Or were they really fully behind you from the start? Well, if I'm going to be brutally honest, my dad worked for an electrician company and my brother and sister both worked for him. And he said, you're not working for me, Charlotte. <laughs> so I was like, wow. hey, hey, well, that's the way you want it. <laughs> and um, no, they were totally supportive. I mean, I did some jobs before that to earn pocket money. I did um, worked in pharmacy and I did some marketing stuff and did some modeling in London. So I thought that might be another way through the door and interacting. Yep. And then my mum was like, desperately wanted me to come back to the UK yeah. and was like, yes, just, just go there, get out of your system and then come back. And then I've been there like, you know, eight years now. So, and um, I, I know where it comes from though, because your dad's a tall ham. That's what it is. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And uh, deep down, I think I totally, yeah, totally get it from my dad. Uh, That's amazing. Yeah. And he was in the reckoning, by the way. He, 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 there's a shot of him painting the red cross on the door. That is my dad. That's and amazing. my mum is in there too. You're getting them all in. It's a family affair. They, uh, they do like a little cameo here and there. And you guys will get this question a lot, but can you remember the first time that you guys met and you kind of sat down and you started to talk about films and writing and horrors and acting and directing and everything? When was the first time you guys actually met? Well, it's two different well, things. So we, yeah, we were already talking about movies before we met. So Well, yeah. we met. We fell in love. We're, we're a couple. We're together. And then the reckoning was something else. Yeah. So someone comes you know what was it like a year or two in our relationship and they said look we have this idea yeah we really was, want to do it it was about sort of a year yeah later wasn't it um in late late i don't remember the dates but but we yeah we've been gassing on about films since day one you know yeah and our our, our passions for, for drama and acting and directing and and, and movies and such like so it, it felt like it just a logical kind of next step of just collaborating oh, she's got some really wacky ideas so it's a different way to thinking because she doesn't come from so much of a horror background yeah uh, so it was bringing a very different insight into some of the, the story ideas we were knocking around and and it just seems <clears throat> that you know it's, it's worked you know we've done a three scripts together now so yeah it, it just works so it's like you know you're you're coming at it from the director's point of view i'm coming at it from the actor's point of view and yeah when i was you know helping you write the reckoning i wasn't thinking oh, horror jump scares this that i was just thinking of the story and the characters and try to do the best story as possible and then neil was obviously brought the horror to it and everything else that said like she's been fully converted now because yes <laughs> it was somebody asked her the other day like what are your top five movies and she immediately just listed off alien the thing the shining i was like yep okay yep. Should we, we, we horror convertee there your work <laughs> is done the dark. <laughs> <laughs> and i mean there's stuff that can test a relationship and sometimes it might be something as simple as buying a puppy or you know getting married or getting your first house but to work together to write together and then direct and star in a film there must be points that really kind of tests the relationship. I and mean, maybe you flew through it. And do you know what? If you can get through making a film together, then you're set for life. It's that sort of thing. But at the same time, what was it like kind of stepping from being in a relationship to then going into these professional roles and kind of switching into those modes of, well, actually, I'm a director now. You're the actress and we need to do this. I think when we stepped into those those roles, we 
you know, we, we did, we did very conscious about like not being a, a couple on set. Yeah. Of, you know, I was the director film. She was there to star in it. And, uh, you know, and it was totally professional. Um, so it never, it, creatively, there was never any kind of an issue. I mean, behind the scenes, we were battling over finances and stuff like that for the movie, but not with each other, but with yeah. other people. It was, it was a tough um, shoot. So I was like, if yeah. you can get through that, the creative side wasn't tough. There was no conflict or nothing in that respect. I mean, tough meaning it was physically and mentally tough, but the toughest was the struggle of, of the production side. That was the toughest. And I thought, yeah, if we could get through that. Because not only were we were like writers on the project, then director and actor, but we were also kind of being becoming producers on the project almost by, by circumstances. So necessity. Um, <laughs> by necessity, yeah. Um, so it was an all-consuming thing, but you know, it never affected our relationship at all. Not under pressure. Maybe maybe it was no. like, you know, we, we united against adversity. <laughs> and how does it yeah, feel now it's actually done because obviously with covid and everything i remember hopefully seeing the film at was it horror fest or one, one of the one of the conventions were going to list it and i saw that it'd been delayed because of obviously the covid stuff and is it such a relief now to know that we're only a couple of weeks away from everyone being able to finally see it um it is it's it's the only slight frustration was that uh it was going to be released day and date with the with the states which was uh what was that the 5th of february um, and Shudder and Vertigo um, pull, pushed it back to April in the hope that cinemas would be open yeah. by now. Um, and sadly, that's not happened. Um, and there's no way to keep on pushing it back. So, you know, it was going to get a theatrical release. And I think it kind of, it's a shame only because it, it really deserves that because it is a, a, you know, it's a beautiful, epic widescreen movie with incredible sound and music and such like i think it, you know it would play amazingly in theaters um in cinemas so uh that's a shame but it's good to be getting it out there it's it's kind of strange for us now just almost to be revisiting it now having done all this uh a couple of months ago um but it's it's great that the uk are, you know, are going to get to see it now and so. it played well in the u.s in cinema yeah. so at least it got a theatrical success that was really good and it played mm. really well and People liked it. So. I was going to say the reviews of, I've been reading on IMDb, which I try and not do because it's just a lot of trolls, but there's a lot of great reviews and people are all saying that, you know, what you'd expect. Um, this is a return to form for Neil. This is what he's meant to do. This is for your sort of audience. And it's great that people are really respecting that, you know, after Hellboy, you've come back and done something that is a lot more, I don't know, what's the word? I suppose you're more comfortable with and in your kind of zone that's, you're not having a big studio interfering and constantly changing stuff for you. Yeah, yeah. It was certainly a lot more personal, a lot more uh, creative for me. And the fact that they, oh, I had, if if on Hellboy I had zero creative control and plenty of money, on this one we had kind of no money, but all the creative control we, we could have wanted. I mean, there was a hundred percent creative control. So, um, but your hands weren't tied. That's yeah. the thing with Hellboy. Your hands were tied. At least with this, you had your full. That's why you can tell. That's why it is what it is because it's your work on the screen. And and for all the adversity in making it, it's just so much more of a, a, a rewarding experience and a, and a positive experience it's like yeah it was it was tough but i'm so so much more proud of it as a movie yeah and you know, hold it up and say you know this is this is my work or our work you know, so and charlotte you just mentioned then that you guys had sat down and i think worked on free scripts is that correct you were just saying Yes. <laughs> are you going to delve a little bit deeper into this? Are we going to get an exclusive here? Are we going to get to a bit of a tease? Is there, is there more stuff coming up from you guys in really? the near future? 
Yes, so um, the two scripts, actually, we plan to shoot one in June um, and one hope at the end of the year or early next year. Um, the next one is called The Lair. Nice. Full on action, 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 horror. So yeah, the, the drama, horror, history, historic. This is thing, but aliens. Yeah, this is wow. thing. Wow, that's how to sell it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was kind of non-answer to, to if, if the reckoning was a little bit more down the drama route and a little bit more esoteric and almost a little bit artistic by my own standards um this is just back to blood and guts and machine guns and, and you know mayhem and chaos and See, this this sounds incredible stuff. already that's that that should just be on the poster <laughs> more guts more blood yeah and the next one is um, the next one after that is not a horror film at all it's a gangster movie Wow. So we're sitting there one day and I said, um, you know, there's not like, okay. So in the eighties, there was some of the best films, right? You had Scarface and all these incredible gangster movies. Like yeah. where are the brilliant, epic gangster movies? And where a female gangster cartel woman. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's where it kind of came from. And so, it was, it was just it was the basic idea of doing an updated female Scarface. version of Scarface, but not, not a remake in any way at all, just something that's that kind of outrageous and full on. It sounds like you guys have got a very busy couple of years ahead of you. I hope so. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> yeah. I want to keep busy. I just want to go from movie to movie to movie and, and, and just keep working and keep making shit. Yeah. yeah. After the last episode, a few people were tweeting me and Facebooking and sort of the Instagram DMs and stuff and saying, why didn't you ask Neil if we would get a Descent sequel and i was like are you an idiot did you not realize that there was a sequel but it wasn't anything to do with neil but then people were saying well ask him about dog soldiers would we ever get a second dog soldiers <laughs> that yeah that is the question i get asked most often i think dog soldiers do um well i can't make any promises all i can say is that that the right people are talking to each other now in the hope that we might finally do a dog soldiers too amazing it's taken a while and aren't we getting a finally a, a nice 4K Blu-ray set very shortly? I think I've seen some sort of teases online. Yes, there is. Um, I mean, there is a 4K Blu-ray. You know, 4K Master has been done. Yeah. Soldiers. And it's out in Germany. You can get it in Germany. Does They've done a beautiful Blu-ray uh, edition. Is it not already released? It, it, yeah, it was. It was released theatrically last night. Like, yeah, August. but I think is it Second Sight have been teasing it. I think have been saying that they're going to be doing a, a special nice little box yeah, set and Blu-ray and. Yeah, I've, I've been working with these guys to produce something, see what's going to come out, but I don't know when it's happening. Everyone is asking about it, and those guys are good. They've done Lake Mundo, and they've got like they've done Host and stuff like that. And the packaging and the box sets and all the features are great. They're up there with sort of Arrow films. So I'm looking forward and hoping they give the treatment to Dog Soldiers that it deserves. It's weird it's not in my collection in the best available format. Well, yeah, um, if, if they can get hold of some of the extras that were on the original Pathé um, DVD, you know, you know, like the, the commentary and stuff like that. I mean, that's that's classic stuff. <laughs> our drunken commentary is uh was fun <laughs> i asked this question uh, to um neil last time he came on and obviously charlotte i think it'd be nice for the audience out there that are listening today but there's a lot of people that listen to the podcast that are filmmakers they might be writing screenplays they might be directing or they might be just trying to get into film school uh, i asked neil what advice he'd give to those people to try and get into the industry but i think uh, as an actress and a writer yourself and obviously you started at i think the age of 11 or 12 
what advice do you give to those people that look up to you and want to be like you and write and act and try and get themselves out there i mean you said everyone was telling you you need to move to america but that's not on everyone's agenda and it's not as easy as that so and you don't have to do that and in hindsight maybe i didn't have to do that either i think that the best thing for you to do for anyone to get into the business if, if you're a writer producer actor director is make your own things if you can right shoot you know get a rent a camera and just just make you write your own stuff if you can or find someone who's in your shoes who's starting out so you could you know hire a writer and you could work together network and meet people like yourself who's in this position and you can all work together and figure it out but that's what i've figured out that you can't just sit around and wait for the phone to ring because it's just it's just especially now and the thing is there's so many things being made and like with Netflix and Amazon, as you say, you know, the beast needs feeding. There has, yeah. there has to be more and more content out there. So I would say that um, yeah, it's tr- more trickier in a way because to get films out than that because there's more competition, there's more content. It's not like back in the day where there was one film coming out and everyone went to see it. Right now, it's so many stuff, so much stuff's out there, but that gives people more opportunity because there is more things out there. So I would say just basically try and be proactive as possible and not you know rely on anyone else or just just make it happen yourself meaning don't wait for your agent your manager that's all great but just do it yourself and that's what we're doing now you know we're, we're, we're doing things that you know that i want to that i want to act in like this is the role that i would love to do like my dream roles and that you you know you want to direct stuff that you love to direct you know the things that you dream to direct. do make it yourself if you can you know I want to blow shit up and play with toys and make lots of noise. That's it. Yeah. Napalm got some money. Um, yeah. I think, I think just graft. It's just hard graft. It's, it's, and it never, it never, no, it never, no easy way. And I would say it never there. gets easier. It never no. gets easier. Cause when you, when you, you, you know, you're here and then you reach a little higher, then you have other problems and you reach another higher and my dad told me once, he said, yeah, I said, I've got to go to the US, dad, and just get out of my system. You know, it will never be out of your system. It's a no. drug. Once you have yeah. it, and that's it. And it's true. It's absolutely true. It will okay. never be, you know, you always want to do that next film, that next part. It's just that hunger. But that's great because that's what drives us, I think. Yeah, that's what it is. I mean, the hunger never goes away. But also, it's not that you, you uh, encounter... Well, you do encounter problems. You're always going to encounter problems. That's that's the nature of the beast of of steering your way through the problems, fixing problems, solving problems. That's part of what we do. It's problem solving. Mm-hmm. Um, but you you raise your own bar all the time. There's, yeah. You know, you, if you set a bar and you reach it, then you're not just going to stay there or or just like relax there. You're going to raise that bar again and go after that, and then you're going to raise it again and keep. And you're going to keep chasing this thing yeah. till hopefully until the day we all snuff it because we'll just be working till we die. <laughs> as soon as like my life i'll just be editing and editing and editing until the day i die yeah right, that's what you love i mean that's yeah not a, that's not a thing that's the thing a is thing. like why i see it like when you give up doing what you do like you're kind of dead like okay if people don't like their job and they they retire that's one thing and they and they pick up a hobby that they love that's great yeah. but if you just completely do nothing and do nothing you, you know i don't know you, you lose that that thing that gets you up in the morning 
Yeah, that's what I live for. I literally get up and I look forward to my next conversation and I edit. It's a hobby. I can't, you never make enough money off it to pay a mortgage. But as long as I've got my family and my friends and this, which is what I get out of, if I have to do a job to do all the normality and give me this time to do it, then it's not a bad balance. You know, I don't think I'll ever put the microphone and headphones away for good. You know, I think it's just, like you said, a drug. It's in me. That's why I got 130 episodes and I can do another 500, you know? Amazing. it's amazing and you used 70,000 viewers last time that's incredible yeah yeah it's good and you know there's still great names coming forward I've had Anthony Hopkins Mads Mikkelsen Alex Winter all these big people and it's just one guy in his bedroom with a microphone so it's like I don't need this big studio and stuff like that no exactly 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 do it yourself exactly the last question I've got for you guys, obviously I'm conscious of time. Um, the outro music to the episode, Neil will know about this, but um, you get to choose the piece of music that plays on the outro. So every episode on Spotify is slightly different because the actor, director, musician, band, or whoever it is who's been on gets to choose the piece of music. Well, if, because this is to do with the reckoning, I don't think it can be anything too funky. Um, something emotional or meaningful. Um Oh, I don't like that. No? No. Like, yeah. Hunker, hunker, burning love or something like that. I was going to say <laughs> Enya, and Neil's like, no way. <laughs> no, because if it, it's This is when you don't and agree. The, and the dramatic of The Reckoning. It's not us. It's, it's The Reckoning, right? I mean, it is partly us, yes. But... Make, make it more about you. Have whatever song. What's the song that you love that means a lot to you? When we were writing it, we were listening to some Kate Bush. Um this woman's work yes and uh running up that hill what about like a theme track that from um, scarlet letter i was listening to a lot to that and we like john barry john barry movie can you have movies you have whatever you, i interviewed the director from sputnik yesterday have you seen that film sputnik it's a sci-fi horror film that's no, on it's really good. He's done it on hardly any budget and it's brilliant and it's got all the practical effects. It looks brilliant. And he chose Eric, I can't ever say his name, Erico Morricone, the thing soundtrack, the dum dum at the start. And I was oh, like, yeah. oh my God, the best like, ever. That's a great one. Uh, and I thought, God, if I if someone asked me on a podcast, I'd The probably... Shining, that's it. That's yeah. That's it. The Shining, opening of The Shining. That's it. So we, we were playing that on set when we were making the reckoning. And we were, and what was the other time we kept listening to? I don't know. I had like a playlist of The Shining and uh, stuff from two thousand one, and yeah, just like scary music to play on set. Yeah, and but, you did that for the first time, and you really liked it, didn't you? Yeah, it was fun. There's a lot of stuff sequences where the sound of it, but yeah, it was good. we did require dialogue, and kind of wanted to get into into the space and I was like where well, we put a bit of music on yeah, yeah I read um there's a the Cameron Crowe when he made Almost Famous and Jerry Maguire and stuff everywhere on set are hidden speakers so whenever actors are literally having their makeup done or anything he's putting the sort of music on that you'd expect from something like Almost Famous would be lots of sort of I don't know the who and Simon and Garfunkel so constantly people are in the zone I thought Do you know that's a great idea really good yeah no, really i know quite a few directors who've done it uh, who play music just to set the, the, the tone on set but i, I had never done, never done it before but it was it worked well on the reckoning awesome yeah it's really right that'd be good i'll drop you neil but thanks again charlotte lovely to meet you um thanks and i hope thanks. the rest of the, today's press goes really well and yeah keep in touch and let's do something again when we can sit down and be more relaxed and just take our time and you know, really delve deep yeah. into it all right, thanks, Love guys. It. Have a great rest Thank of the day you. and speak to you soon. Take care. 
So there's my interview with me, Charlotte and Neil. So lovely to have them on the podcast and a great welcome back for Neil. I really do hope they can come back on the podcast and talk about their brand new film, which we mentioned on today's episode in the near future, because as we're speaking right now, they're filming this movie. If you've enjoyed hearing about The Reckoning, you can check this film out on Shudder. It's an exclusive on there at the moment, and I urge you all to go and check it out. It's a great subscription service, and each month they have brand new horror titles and a whole back cat of some absolute classics. It really is worth your money every single month. Also, if you've enjoyed today's episode and you want to support the Mark and Me podcast, you can do this for free. You can go on to markandme.com and on there there's links to my Facebook, my Twitter and my Instagram. You can share this episode on your own networks between all your friends and followers and it makes a massive difference to Mark and Me. It reaches a whole new audience that I wouldn't be able to reach without that. So it really does make a huge difference and each and every week I see more of my listeners doing this and it really is appreciated so keep that up. And if you've really enjoyed today's episode and want to support me on the next level, I do have a Patreon page. On there, you can sign up to some exclusive episodes, a pin badge as soon as you sign up, which is exclusive to Patreons, as well as a whole, whole number of benefits from the guys at Last Exit to Nowhere, where I give t-shirts away. I also have prizes from Universal and some absolutely amazing posters and prints from the amazing Vice Press. Each and every week you'll see I'm giving away the best prizes that I can and it's a way of me saying thank you for supporting me on Patreon. Every bit of invested money that goes in there goes exactly right back into the podcast. I don't make money off it and it all helps me go out there and record more episodes and also host this podcast on all the networks that I can. It isn't cheap with the amount of bandwidth I've needed and that's because I'm on places like Amazon, Podomatic, Spotify, iTunes and I want to extend it even further. I want it to be available everywhere and I can do that if you support me via Patreon. I'll be back in only a few days time with another brand new episode. I think at the moment I've been releasing the best episodes that I've ever done. I've absolutely loved having Neil Blomkamp, Joey last week was one of my personal favourites, we've had the return today of Neil Marshall and some absolutely incredible stuff coming up in the very near future. So as always, look after yourself, stay safe and I'll speak to you all in a few days time.